Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome to Top 5, a show where we line things up and knock them down. We take our things and tell you what makes them great, what makes them maybe not so great. <laughs> Why are they in our Top 5? We rank them. This is Top 5. Rankings, we has them. Rankings, we has them. Rankings bass, we <laughs> has them too. Oh, speaking of ranking ba- ranking bass... Maybe that might be one of those that fall in our Top 5 Guilty Pleasures movie edition. Maybe not the best movies of a specific genre or an era or anything like that, but movies that we just can't stop, can't help ourselves, but stop Mm -hmm. and watch every time it comes on or we see it or that we have it. We don't (laughs) want people to know about. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing this week. And for me, number five on my list. Okay. They live. John Carpenter's They Live. Now, talk, and and again, a lot of people might say this is a really great pop culture Mm -hmm. uh, movie, but it's one of those that I just cannot stop watching. It takes place in the 80s when, or in the near future, 20 minutes in the future kind of thing. Sure. Where, uh, you know, everybody's down and out. Everybody's hard. You know, it seems like the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And here's this poor working schlub in the form of Rowdy Roddy Piper who just can't make ends meet, and he discovers this alien plot to enslave us all, and the freedom fighters who make us wear sunglasses to see the truth. Mm-hmm. It's got some great lines in there. I've come to chew bubble gum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubble gum. It's got, uh, it's got a great scene where Piper is just totally freaked out over what he's seeing, and he's like, these glasses, I don't understand what's going on with these glasses. I put them on. You, you look fine. You... Pizza face, <laughs> you know, as describing the aliens, and it's got one of the greatest fight scenes that you're ever going to see between <laughs> Rowdy Roddy Piper and um, oh, what's his Keith name, David. Keith David. It's so awesome that South Park even uh, mimicked that, that fight, yeah. blow for blow, uh, in their cripple fight episode. Mm-hmm. And then Dream it's got Jimmy one of these Jimmy. kind of, uh, you know, we're all going to die kind of endings. I mean, it's kind of got a positive ending, but, you know, all the your hero dies at the end, yeah. saving the world. And it's got uh, a girl, a uh, naked girl at the end, riding on top of a creepy alien guy. Nice. So it's, it's one of those movies that I just, every time it comes on, I have to sit there and watch it. And I know some people say this is one of the worst movies ever. But for me, it's one of my guilty pleasures. Mm-hmm. Matthew, what about you? <laughs> Well, since you wouldn't let me have a tie in every single category <laughs> of making it a top ten, I tried to whittle it down and whittle it down and whittle it down, and finally, I came to my number five. And my number five is actually the one of the greater movies, uh, the most beloved movies of Crow T. Robot. Uh, I'm speaking, of course, of 1985's Roadhouse, the... A star turn, a vehicle for Patrick Swayze in his post, uh, how shall I say, his post uh, Dirty Dancing days, or perhaps pre Dirty Dancing days. I don't really know. I'm just trying Let's to talk have in this a manner. Patrick Swayze Christmas, hey, Christmas one and all. <laughs> what what makes that? What this makes movie, this one of your every, guilty pleasures? Every time it's on, I have to sit down and watch it, and 
it's because it's so hilariously, ridiculously over the top. He's like this Zen master, superhero, lone gunman samurai who carries his medical records around because he gets in fights. And throughout the film, Patrick Swayze is always Dalton, is always two steps ahead of everybody. But it's clear that everybody else in this entire movie is a drooling, grit-eating, inbred, slack-jawed moron. So it's kind of one of those moments where you, you have to figure that he likes being a big fish in a small pond. It's got that awesome uh, Sam Elliott, I think it's Sam Elliott, cameo, where he has the big mustache and he's like, oh, I'll tell you, kid, you're going to be the death of me. <laughs> you know, and, of course, it has, it has one of the greatest movie moments of all time. We're at the climactic moment. There's dead silence. And then a, a bear fell on me. <laughs> Love that film. It's ridiculously violent. It's ridiculously hypersexual. It's like, it's like grindhouse movies translated through a lens of, of a Kentucky waterfall. And if you don't love it, I'm, I'm afraid you, I, I can't be your friend anymore. All right. That's Matthew's number five, Rodrigo. All right. Before I go into my uh, number five, uh, I, I, you know, when when we talked about uh, our top five guilty pleasures, this was actually really hard for me because I like a lot of terrible movies and feel no guilt whatsoever oh, about it. Okay. Um, so yeah, I had you're, to, you're not married and you don't have a spouse that's constantly rolling your eyes. Oh, this again? <laughs> right. Right. Oh, you. Uh. And I think that's what it is. Um, so I had to. I had to dig deep about what movies I at least kind of like that I would feel ashamed of. And here's what I came up with okay. for number five. <laughs> um, there was, a, there was a, a movie that every chick in the planet loved called My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Right. Now, before that movie, there was the exact same movie starring Selma Hayek and Matthew Perry mm -hmm. called Fools Rush In, only instead of Greek people, it was Mexicans. Ah, and that's my number five. My mom and my sister love that movie. <laughs> so I see it at least once a year, right. usually around Christmas. And that's only balanced by uh, The 13th Warrior, which my dad <laughs> loves. So um, is this, is this uh, because it's on your guilty pleasures list, is this one of the ones where mom and sis go, oh, let's sit down and say watch Fool's Rush In, and you're like... Okay. All right. If you insist, and they're like, you don't have to stay. No, oh, it's, okay. it's fine. And Family then, time and all, whatever. And Fifteen minutes later, you're reaching for the tissue. <laughs> yeah, going, I just, I just like, love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Salma Hayek, please take your top off again. Um, so that that for me is a, and that's a large part of it. Well, two large parts of it. Um, as as to why oh. that's one of my guilty pleasures. Number four for me. I never liked, I mean, I never appreciated Evil Dead or Evil Dead 2, but Army of Darkness sucked me in and made me watch and made me fall in love to the point where uh, when I lived in California for a time, I'd go over to my friend Dave's house probably about once a week. And it would just be a drunken party where all we would do is watch Starship Troopers, Army of Darkness, get drunk, recite the lines, yell and scream, and just have a good fun, a round of fun with everybody. And it's one of those movies that I will sit down and watch all the time. There's something about it. It's got a little bit of everything. It's got sword and sorcery. It's got Lovecraftian horror. It's got time travel. It's got Bruce Campbell. My God, it's got Bruce Campbell in it. Mm -hmm. 
and it's directed and written and directed by uh, Sam Raimi. Yeah. I mean, what can you not like about that movie? Except a lot of people don't like that movie. Right. So. I don't like uh, the ending. Well, there's a couple of different endings with this movie. The one, the good one, is the one that everybody knows, right? The other one is uh, the director's cut where uh, Ash is sitting there and he's taking the drops of the magic fluid and then he falls asleep and then he wakes up and he's telling the story and then the witch shows up and he says, shop smart, shop as smart. Um, But in the director's cut, he actually takes one too many drops of the potion and wakes up in the future. Oh, no, I've gone too far. And I hate that ending. Oh, I think that ending's hilarious. It actually did set up for another sequel. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there was some talk about that being the sequel. And I know at some point in one of the Dynamite Entertainment uh, comic books of Army of Darkness, they referenced that ending Hmm. as a starting point for Ash to tell one of his stories. Don't like that ending, but I love Army of Darkness, one of my little guilty pleasures. Or maybe not. I mean, it's not that I feel guilty. I mean, I've got the whole movie poster hanging up there in the home theater. Mm -hmm. I've got a copy of the original script sitting around here somewhere. But... I don't go around telling everybody how much would I your, love Army of Darkness. Would your wife roll her eyes? Everything on my on this list, my wife always rolls her so eyes. That's, that's the test. That is the test. If she rolls her that's eyes and says, test. again... It's kind of like the tension between how much you like it and right. how much your wife rolls her eyes. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait till right. you get to number one. I mean, it's like the whole house turns over when she... <laughs> <laughs> it's like her eyes stand still and the universe whips around. Matthew, number four for you. I have the opposite problem in that my number four is beloved also by my spouse. And it only airs about once every 17 years, kind of like Al Bundy used to talk about Hondo. It, you know, it airs every 10 years and he never gets to watch it because he doesn't have a decent television set. But if I'm going to tell you the movie, I have to start with a musical riff. Dun, 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 Flash! <laughs> And Repo Man, have it. Flat, <laughs> yes, Repo Man. I love Repo Man. Nineteen eighties <laughs> Flash Gordon, starring some blonde, muscle-bound schmuck, with Max von Fricken Sydow as Ming the Merciless, and a wonderful, wonderful turn. Um, as the king of the the Hawkmen by Brian Blessed. Yeah, he's really good at that. Every single word of dialogue. I love it. It's got Timothy Dalton before anybody knew who Timothy Dalton was. It's got so many recognizable characters where you're like, wait, I know that guy. It, you know, it's got the character who I know best as the villain from another movie uh, running around in there. And it's got a character named Hyam. So you got to love that. Um, but. <laughs> Flesh Gordon is flat out nuts. It is over the top. All of the all of the writing is just completely camp. Everything is played in this weird kind of mix between super hip 80s post disco and then almost but not quite true to the 30s roots. So it's it's kind of like what the 30s would look like if it was shot in the 80s. Yeah. So in that way it's really a mirror of Xanadu. But it, it Ooh, reminds me one. every yeah, time I see I'm writing that down now. Yeah. <laughs> Xanadu. I, that's in my, that, that would have been tied for number four if you'd let me do my ties. <laughs> but it, it's one of those movies that if it's on, I sit down and I can't help but watch all the way until the end. 
Question mark? <laughs> All right, Rodrigo, number four for you. Number four for me number four is The Howling 2. Oh. Your sister's a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, she is. <laughs> rah, 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 rah. <laughs> oh man, how how awful is this movie? Because the howling <laughs> is good. The howling is a good movie, right? I, I I really enjoyed it the first time I saw it. Um, really the first the 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 times that I've seen the howling, I go back and I'm like, you know, despite the fact that there's some effect problems right. and the wolf poodle at the end mm-hmm. you know the howling is a solid movie the howling too not a good movie <laughs> not in any way a good movie i mean you think that that's just christopher lee acting high and mighty but really it's that his eyes rolled into the back of his head so far when he first read the script and then they don't come back for the rest of the film <laughs> Uh, it's got more of your uh, patented werewolf sex, right? Um, it's got. It takes place in Transylvania. <laughs> um, <laughs> like it, it's just absolutely ridiculous. It's poorly paced. It's obnoxious at times, but it's so. I don't know. I just sit down like it. The few times that it's been on, I'm like, I just sit there and like punch my own leg, and I'm like, why am I watching this? Yeah, that's funny. Why am I still watching this? And who the hell is that band with with the guy who just kind of looks like Rick Astley? No idea who they are, but they have their little howling song there in the middle, and you listen to the whole song, and then during the credits, you see that uh, the sexy chick take off her clothes like seventeen times, oh, like they just funny. repeat the same shot over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing and awful. Uh, for me, number three, a lot of people, you know, I think one of the marks of it's so, so bad that it's good is when you make a reference to it and everybody is, is like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that kind of thing where, uh-huh. you know, if, if I said, I, 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 I want the knife, please. You know, somebody's going to go, wait a minute, I know what that is. Hmm. Hey, Bird, do you see a little Hare Krishna midget floating around here? (laughs) You know, I I am talking about Eddie Murphy, the chosen one Um. in The Golden Child. Came out in 1986. (laughs) Matthew's rolling his eyes. The the internet is rolling over because Matthew's rolling his eyes. Eddie Murphy plays a private detective uh, in Los Angeles you know, who is when, hired. When I, am, when I look at your movie and go, geez, you know there's a problem. Here's, here's the great thing. If if we can get a lot of people listening to this podcast, um, every time they get to whatever number this is, <laughs> you know, people in the subway, people like jogging out or whatever, like people are just going to rush to see what's wrong with someone who keeps doubling up and groaning. <laughs> Uh, Look, Eddie Murphy is a detective like who's a been hired ball. to rescue the golden child, the, the, the kid that will bring happiness to the world. But Sodom Numspa, my brother, Sodom Numspa, wants to kill the child mm-hmm. with the Ajani dagger. And it's, it's a great... With the what now? The Ajani dagger. Uh, it is a great movie. I mean, it's got... It's just one of these movies that straddle that time between... Uh, practical effects and computer-generated effects, mm-hmm. because you've got Sartre Numspa is the, is a mo-capped, not a mo-capped, but a, a stop-motion demon 
that is interacting with Eddie Murphy in the fight scenes, and yet there are other times where they've got the, the little bit of CGI thrown in to make it look uh, really good. It mixes a little bit of Eastern mysticism and and thinking with Eddie Murphy humor. I mean, this is right at the point where Eddie Murphy is. Can't remember if this is right before Raw or right after Raw. But it's definitely after Beverly Hills Cop mm-hmm. when he's still high on. It's before SmackDown. You know okay, but it's at these points where everybody was like, "Oh, this is." I think this may have been Eddie Murphy's second movie, maybe, and everyone's like, "Wow, what a letdown!" But this is such a great movie. <laughs> it's so good, and I sit down and watch it all the time. In fact, at one point, I made a point that every year I would sit down and watch The Golden Child. That's how good it is. Eddie Murphy, the Golden Child. You know, eventually you're just gonna run out of I'm gonna time. Gonna leave you naked and naked and bleeding, Catmandu. I got all your clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, number three uh, for you. <laughs> uh, when I was a child, actually, I wasn't a child. When I was in my mid twenties, <laughs> that'll tell you how old I am. Uh, I I would occasionally find a particular actress upon whom I could crush, and there was this one particular film Meaning you had a crush on filled her? with right no not that I literally <laughs> could crush although now that I think of it Warg. <laughs> Matthew love you there was a movie there was a movie about four little teen witches and one of them was particularly beautiful and this is not that movie however Escape a couple to Witch of Mountain years is. later. This girl, whom I had a crush on from The Craft, and the girl that I had a crush on from Starship Troopers came together and made an erotic thriller called Wild Things. Yes. Now, this is a great movie to know if you ever play Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yes. Because it's a little-known Kevin Bacon movie, and it ties him to Bill Murray, first of all, but it also ties him to Matt Dillon, who was in everything. And it's a wonderful movie, and I think it came out in the wake of The Usual Suspects, because it has that sort of feel to it. Mm -hmm. It starts out seeming to be one thing. There's a popular girl and an unpopular girl, and it turns out that the popular girl is framing the the unpopular girl's favorite teacher, only there's a twist. And then it turns out that maybe there's something else going on, and then Nev Campbell has a long makeout session with uh, Denise uh, Denise Richards, Richards. and my brain just goes... And then there's a twist, and then there's another twist, and then we get to the end of the film, and certain details still don't make sense. Right. Bits of the story make no sense, and we get to the film, and, and then it's over. And the last thing we hear is how, you know, oh, well, maybe we everything we didn't know about this girl was wrong. And then the credits start to air. And the credits show us the missing scenes of the movie where every single twist that we saw was not only a twist, it was a twist on the twist. Right. And we had no idea what the real story was. I mean, it's, it's really an amazing, it's, it's an amazingly plotted film and it's a really intricate story and it's really beautiful the way I put it together, but it's also got boobies and girls making out. And if you're into that sort of thing, Kevin Bacon doing full frontal nudity, allowing you to see his little bacon. You know, not necessarily my thing, but something to, you know, think about. Most people know about this as the movie where the girl from Party of Five makes out with the girl from the other thing who used to marry, you know, Charlie Sheen. Now, this was before Charlie Sheen but got it his hands really, on her, so. Yeah. So she was she was she was she undefiled was, at this yes. point in time. Well, I don't know about that. It's it's really 
it's got a bad rap <laughs> and it's kind of an unfair bad rap, but it's kind of a fun bad rap. And if you ever yeah. catch it some night, especially if you catch it uncut on cable, you'll actually appreciate that it's, it, again, it's another one of those trash movies, but it's so trashy that it comes back around and becomes classy and also Nev Campbell's breasts. Yeah. All right, Rodrigo, number three. Number three is a movie three. that is 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 a guilty pleasure for me only in so far as I seem to be the only person ever to have liked this movie. Okay. Um, because is it Howling Three? The feels? <laughs> no, because uh, not even I like that one. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes. Anything that gets put together in a double feature is like Howling 3, the marsupials, and Howling 4, your other sister's a werewolf. Um, Man, I got three sisters. This could go on for a while. Well, one of them. It's okay. One of them's a marsupial. Um, Your unknown half-sister is actually a kangaroo. Um... uh, it's Lost in Space. Oh the, yeah, the yeah. movie with yeah. uh, you know Gary Oldman yeah. and uh, it's got an awesome theme song. It's got an awesome theme song. It's got a great cast. It does. Um, it's got Matt LeBlanc doing action mm-hmm. instead of just comedy. Um, got some decent effects in it. Some great special effects, I would say. Um, it's got that and, monkey. And and here's the thing. Here's the thing that that amazes me about it is that people. When I talk to people about it, and you know, I'm like, "What's bad about it?" And they're like, "Well, that whole time travel thing was stupid." Right. Right. And I'm like, "So you got past the part <laughs> where the EarthGov sends a, a, a family, a, a family, yes, <laughs> two people who are scientists and are married, and that's not crazy. But then there are two, there's three children, mm-hmm. basically." who happen to be super geniuses, but they're children, into this space mission that they might not come back from. Into the space mission to to build a gate somewhere out in the middle of space. You got past that, but the time travel was stupid. <laughs> and the time travel it's is inwardly cohesive. It's weird. Yeah. And I think a lot of people just weren't expecting it when they saw it. Right, right, they're right. like, what? Time travel? No, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, again, Gary Oldman, great performance. Yeah. Um, it's Mr. Smith. And, and again, I'm just, it, it's a Doctor. guilty pleasure for me because people will fight me on this. They'll be like, no, yeah. it was awful. Right, right, right. And I'm like, well, you know, that's. Wow, Matthew, you're caught in a loop, a time temporal loop right that's there. That's right. Sorry about that. It was the time travel effect. Um, it turns out I'm about to be eaten from within by spiders. Yep. The The best, the thing about it too is that I like that movie. I've watched it a lot. And I know quotes from it. Oh, yeah? But nobody else does. So somebody will say something about lies or whatever, and I'm like, every school child has been lied to. (laughs) And they'll be like, what? (laughs) And then, like, stuff like... Man, you had a bad childhood. Exactly, exactly. It's like, people are, uh, you know, we're driving somewhere, and it's, like, storming or something. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, maybe we should pull over. And I'm like, no, we gotta go through the planet as it's breaking (laughs) down. And they're like, what? Oh, Rodrigo. That's okay. I, I, I'll admit to have, uh, having owned that on DVD when mm-hmm. it was first released. So, shows you how old I am. Number two for me. When you look at this cast, you might say, well, this is, doesn't sound like a, a bad cast. Mm-hmm. But then you think, oh my god, this movie really sucked. It's got uh, Dakota Fanning in it. Uh-huh. It's got uh, uh, Chris Evans in it. 
And those are uh-huh. two big names, right? It's got, um, oh, what's her name? Um, Camilla something. Yes. Jimon Hansu. Yes. However you say his name, Digimon. Yes. <laughs> Digimon. If we ever do a television Digi- episode, Digimon, Digimon is going to be on my list. Uh, it's, it's got, uh, who's, who's the Asian actress in, in this movie? I, I forget her name. Um, Shelly Yao. No, um, Ming, Ming, Ming Na, Ming Na, is I am, of course, talking oh, about Push. Ming-Na. I'm talking about Push. Mm-hmm. This is, if you want a good X-Men movie, Push is a good X-Men movie. Push You've is a better people, X-Men movie than X3. Yeah, you're right. This is all about people who have different abilities, uh, telekinetic, psychokinetic, um, Somebody who can levitate, move things, precognition. Precognition is is the big one. And they're all in Taiwan Mm -hmm. trying to find this drug that is supposed to give anybody powers. Right. And the government's, a bunch of governments want it. And here you've got Chris Evans. This is after his uh, Fantastic Four fiasco, Mm -hmm. but before his Captain America fiasco. I mean, (laughs) triumph. And he is. A character that has the ability to push, that he's got telekinesis, he can move things, and he is caught in the middle of this war over this drug, and little Dakota Fanning keeps telling him, we're going to die. Of course, she doesn't (laughs) talk like that, but... Excuse me, mister. Excuse me, mister. I'm going to die. Uh, There's something about... And it's not that the... You know, the story is a very basic story. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of fight scenes, and there's a lot of little... Not big twists, but there's a twist here and there. But I think the thing that always captures me is the visual effects, I think, are super well done. And the color grading is super well done. And this is one of those that I'm glad I canceled HBO and all of our premium content packages because they were running it for a while. And every night for about two weeks, I'd flip through it and catch it at no matter part. And I'd just stop and watch, Mm -hmm. right? Just because of the visual effects. So Push, this is from 2009. Push Push is a great list. I I actually really like Push. Really? And there's a lot of stuff about it that I like. I like that it takes place in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. I like that uh, it's, like you said, a very simple story, but it's clear that whoever did this has been thinking about this since they were in middle school. (laughs) Yes. Because the world seems so fleshed out. Yeah, it is. Push. And then you never, there was never a sequel or any continuing work on it. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, I really wish there was this a sequel. Is just Dude, sitting out your there. sister's a psychokinetic. Exactly. Hey, you know, this would make a fantastic role playing game. It really would. Uh, Push has a 22% rating over mm. at Rotten Tomatoes. That's how good it is. And I love watching it. Matthew, number two for you. Well, when it comes to number two, I have to tell you about a movie. Filled with death, 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 Armageddon, death, and sports. A movie filled with cursing and blood and sex that I accidentally first watched with my mom. And um, I, I, I think it came down to the point where, have, have you ever been Behind watching a movie with your door? mom and she just doesn't get it? Hmm. And she, you, you know your mom doesn't get it. And she's like, "What? well, why are the sharks trying to eat that nice man? You know, <laughs> or why, why do the aliens want to take away? You know, it, my mom got this at the point that the end of the film. One thing about living in Santa Carla, I never could stomach oh. all the damn vampires. Yeah. The Lost Boys, 1987, I believe wonderful film this movie is awful 
but it's awful in a way that is a cultural touchstone to people of our age, Stephen, because it came out when we were 17, 16, 17. Yeah, it came 17. out when we were in high school. Yeah, this was like one of the movies yep. to go Kiefer see during that Sutherland. summer. Yeah, Jason Patrick. It's got both of the Corys. It's got uh, Bill from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure before he was Bill from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Um, unless Bill was Keanu Reeves, at which point it has Ted <laughs> from Bill and Ted's Ex- Excellent Adventure. I honestly don't know. But it, it, it has such... Such stunning performances. There's a moment where Corey Haim walks into a comic shop and starts spouting comic book stuff. And it's obviously meant to, to you know, show him as a geek, but they right. made the mistake of using real comic book stuff. And I'm like, dude, you're speaking nonsense. <laughs> what the hell? He's like, you can't put this comic over here. You have to put it over here. I'm like, no, you put them, you put them numerically, you little bastard. <laughs> but through, throughout the film, every time something happens... I love it a little more. And Jamie Gertz, the girl from Square Pegs, is in it, and she's like this mysterious young vampire girl. And then it's the attack of Eddie Munster! <laughs> you see vampires exploding and vampires dying and hanging from the train tracks in the middle of the night and nearly dying, and you're eating worms, Michael. Love this movie from top to bottom. I had the album. The uh, I had it on cassette. And uh, when I came to college... Uh, in my 1970 Chevy pickup truck, I used to drive across Kansas, and people would be looking at me because there'd be this weird quasi music coming out of my car because I'm listening to the Lost Boys. Yeah. Ah, truly, truly a triumph. If, if you ever get a chance to see this, sit down and watch. Don't, don't think. Don't, don't digest. Don't in any way converse with the film. Don't, don't analyze. Just sit and watch and eventually you will probably want something to eat (laughs) (laughs) preferably not noodles rodrigo number two for you not noodles not rice (laughs) number two for me um is is a movie that's gotten a lot of crap and rightfully so because it's not very good okay um spawn (laughs) Spawn mm-hmm. with uh, John Leguizamo uh, as the with John Leguizamo, clown. and that and that right there is the reason why I like <laughs> it because I'm actually a big John Leguizamo fan, and the fact that he just gets to go bonkers in this movie um, really makes it for me. Michael yeah. J. White, I believe, plays Spawn, yeah, um, and he's good. Yep. He's pretty solid. He puts he puts forth a, a solid performance as as a meatloaf uh, monster for most of the movie. Um, it was, it was clear that the special effects were there, but not quite there enough. Um, because, you know, I, I remember reading the notes about it and it's like, yeah, there's this scene where Spawn jumps down and his cape is all like, and then it sucks back into his body and you never see it again. <laughs> Why? Because we can't freaking animate that cape the whole movie. Yeah. That would cost us $3 trillion yeah. in 1997 or wherever the crap this movie came out. <laughs> Ooh, man. That's your number two. That is my number two. Wow. And you know, you know what else I like about that film? One of the only things I like about that film? What? Malabolja the Devil? Mm-hmm. That's Frank Welker, baby. Is it? Nice. Yeah. The voice of Fred from Scooby-Doo was also the devil in Spawn. I forget it's, who the who the love interest is in it. Is it Vanessa Williams? Uh, Melinda Clark? 
Vanessa Williams. Uh, let me look here real quick. Teresa Randall, the girl from Girl Six. Oh, I love Teresa oh, Randall. Oh yeah. Wow. If these are our number twos, mm-hmm. what could be our guilty pleasure for number one? <laughs> and they are. I took a moment. Number two. I took a moment to look at all of my <laughs> top five and compare them to the uh, Rotten Tomatoes listing. Mm-hmm. My number five, They Live, has an eighty-eight percent freshness. That's Army of Darkness good. is seventy-one. Golden Child twenty-six. Nice. Push twenty-two, <laughs> and my number one has a Rotten Tomatoes meter reading of sixteen. Nice. I am talking about Jumper, uh-huh. starring Hayden Christensen uh-huh. Uh-huh. and Rachel Bilson, and of course Samuel L. Jackson, which may be why it's only at sixteen and not lower. I don't know if it's because it's. I think Rachel Bilson is so cute and hot, or if I find this idea of someone who can jump through space and go anywhere in the world that he can he or she can visualize or the fact that there is a secret organization that's been around for centuries that has been trying to kill people with this ability you know interesting thing about push is there are so many people with different powers in the world of jumper it appears that there's only people who can jump and those people that track them Mm -hmm. and this is again if you want kind of a you know this is what if you were going to do a, almost a standalone Nightcrawler movie from uh, X-Men, mm-hmm. this could be what Jumper is about. Although, maybe not so, right. so bad. But again, this is one that I cannot stop from watching. Even if I come in in the last ten minutes of the movie, I will stop and watch it. There were times where I would go through the channel guide on Artivo, and if I saw it on the listing, even though I was going to look for something else, it's like, oh, Jumper. Man, eh, I got time. And I'd sit and watch Jumper. When I was stranded at the Denver airport waiting for my connecting flight, I've got three movies currently on my iPad. Mm-hmm. I've got Kevin Smith's uh, uh, second uh, stand-up comedy mm-hmm. movie, because I haven't watched that yet. I've got Inception, because I thought, well, if i got time, I'll watch this, because it's pretty deep and I could have fun with that. Right. And then I've got Jumper. And what did I sit down and watch? Not Inception. Right. Not Kevin Smith. Right. I watched Jumper. Hmm. It doesn't have Rachel Bilson in it, so, you know, that's kind of a plus right there as well. Love this movie. I know people just say it's a terrible movie, but I can't stop watching it. Help, I've got a problem! Matthew, yeah, number do. one for you. My number one is less a guilty pleasure in that it's not necessarily a good movie or that it's not necessarily, you know artistically significant it's that i am not the target audience and i know i'm not the target audience and i love it anyway and i for the last three years or so have had it i have three movies permanently on dvr i have the monkey's movie head right i have night of the living dead Mm -hmm. and i have rent so I, I I don't know what it is about Rent that is so incredibly seductive to me. Except, well, I, I'm kind of familiar with uh, the Puccini opera that it's taken from in kind of an intellectual sense. So my brain goes, yeah, okay, this is all like intellectual stuff. And then, of course, there's these particularly entertaining scenes uh, with um, set in a strip club, which are pretty awesome where uh, the young lady whose name escapes me, who's really, really ridiculously awesomely beautiful. What is Rosario her name? Dawson? You know the one. 
Thank Rosario you. Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson. Oh. Rosario Dawson is is throughout this whole movie just kind of go do 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 do. But as I watch it, it's it's basically the story of these characters trying to find their art and their lives, and you get to the end and one of my friends is like, but if you get to the end and they all make their art and it's all crap, and I'm like, yes, it is. And that's not the point. It's the fact that they, you know, they made their art and they lived their lives and they were in the city. And it's so wonderful to just sit through that and have, you know, the terrible feelings and have the horror. And, you know, the one character, beloved character, wonderful character, just up and croaks halfway through the film. You get to the end, you think somebody else is going to die. And then you get kind of an uplifting ending and there's, you know, singing and dancing and musical stuff all the way through it and love it to death. And even though I know that, it, you know, people who love Rent look at me and go, nerd. <laughs> and they also are like, and your shoes don't match. <laughs> I love Rent from top to bottom simply because it's such a stylistic triumph. It's such a distillation of 1993 in a bucket, <laughs> even though the film <laughs> came out 10 years later. And it... it it's it's kind of a gateway into a world that I'm completely unfamiliar with, and it does it in such a way that's so charming that I feel like I am part of that world. I, too, am, you know, a, a young cross-dressing drummer from Harlem, and and we're all going to be fine. Hooray, yay. So <laughs> I, I, I love it. I love it. And it's actually a good film, but it's still one of my guilty pleasures. Rodrigo. Your biggest guilty pleasure. My my biggest guilty pleasure, and uh, the there was a hint earlier when I said that the reason why I like Spawn is because John Leguizamo gets to go nuts in it. Yeah. My number one guilty pleasure is the Pest. Oh, okay. Which is one hundred percent. Two Wong Fu. No, I thought um, you were going to say Moulin Rouge. Nope. Oh no. That's oh. that's actually on my almost almost made it list. No. I actually I really do. don't like Moulin Rouge. Really? Yeah. Okay. We can talk about that <gasps> later. Yeah, yeah. I know. Enemy Mo- of joy. Anyway, but back to the pest. <laughs> Awful movie. Yeah. Secretly, totally ripped off the uh, um, the plot line to the most dangerous game, <laughs> a, a, a fairly well-known short yeah, story, yeah. Um, in which a pair of evil Nazi Germans want to hunt down somebody like what they do is they hunt down humans right so they've hunted down people of every race except for hispanics so they kidnap john leguizamo's character pestalio who goes by pest yeah um uh and and drop him in this island and then proceed to hunt him it is absolutely idiotic the jokes are ridiculous it starts out with a musical number in which john leguizamo sings yeah um the like and i just constantly after watching it would just quote it and i kept watching it and watching it and i had another friend in high school who also loved it and there are all these like stupid little things as like uh um he grabs a walkie-talkie and and leaves it somewhere to to lure the bad guy into thinking that he's there yeah. and the bad guy runs over and grabs a walkie-talkie and it's like oh no gustav somebody <laughs> turned me into a walkie-talkie <laughs> No wait, is this is this where he's uh like in a troubled youth camp or something? No, I don't think so. Ah, uh, cuz there's something very much like this that I thought he was in where they oh, were they're, hunting. Oh, they probably this yeah, but, you're right. but no, this is just straight up comedy. It stars oh, okay. Aries Spears. Okay. From uh from Mad TV. 
uh-huh. also does a great job. There's a part where they uh, masquerade as Jews mm-hmm. to to get away, and he introduces <laughs> him as an Ethiopian Jew. Um, oh my! It's oh. it's just hilarious. There's a guy they it's, call Ninja. Is that the movie where he sings the Bonanza theme? Yes, that's the scene. Uh, another great yes. one, you know, he he owes money to the Scottish mob, <laughs> and. Um, they keep calling him, and you know he he knows just how to get under their skin and says something about is like, oh, by the way, it's Sean Connery's birthday, and the guy who's on the phone is like Sean Connery's birthday, and all of his guys are like Sean Connery's birthday, <laughs> and they start playing for he's a jolly good fellow on the bagpipes. <laughs> it's just insane, just absolutely ridiculous. Nothing redeeming about this movie except if you like John Leguizamo's sense of humor, this is all him. But you don't like Moulin Rouge. Oh no! Okay, all right. Okay. That that movie has very little John Leguizamo. <laughs> Get it? That's actually got a very yeah, little. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, tell the truth. Okay, so you've heard our our five. Mm-hmm. You know, there were plenty of of ones that probably didn't make the list. Mm-hmm. I've already mentioned Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Uh, let's go around really quick and mention some of the almost rands or some of the ones that might be on some other people's lists. I've got the Karate Kid, mm-hmm. uh, the Big Lebowski, Repo, the Genetic Opera, Office Space. Heavy metal is a big one. Popeye with Robin Williams. Oh, man. Um, His Girl Friday. Starship Troopers and Hackers. Mm. Yeah. The Blair Witch Project. Oh, and Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, yeah. Two other ones that aren't really bad. I mean, they're not bad movies. The Little Mermaid and The Hammer with Adam Carolla. Love those two movies. Great movies. They're on my guilty pleasures list. The The Animal. Oh, The Animal. (laughs) Yeah. With uh, Uh, the, The Carrot. Yep. Uh, he's a stapler (laughs) (laughs) so now you've heard our guilty pleasures list and you might be screaming out but that where's that movie where you guys don't have the same guilty pleasure list that i have here's where you come in and it's critical part of this show your feedback and your responses Mm -hmm. head over majorspoilers.com there's actually a link in the show notes whether you're on itunes or finding this in your rss feed or whatever you should be able to find the the link that will take you to this entry on the Majorspoilers.com website where you can comment and you can provide your feedback and your thoughts on what are your top five guilty pleasures movie edition. And we just might ridicule you. Or you can put yourself up for ridicule if if these movies are bad enough. So anything else you want to add, Rodrigo, this week? Batman and Robin! <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to Top 10. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another Top 5. I'm sorry, I said Top 10. Hmm. We'll be back in another couple of weeks with another Top 5. What will it be? Hmm. I think it might be more movie stuffs. Mm -hmm. Tune in and find out. And until then, here's hoping your Top 5s are the best Top 5s that they can possibly Top 5. Top 5. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash Majorspoilers. <laughs>